And now we get to the good stuff here on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Yeah, we're talking about linebackers today. Yeah, sure. Okay, great. But we're talking about the draft needs of the NFC East, which means we're talking about the draft needs of one of the one, the only Dallas Cowboys. And boy, Jake, do I have a lot to say. Bird, Jake, Jake, how are we? Welcome back. We 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 did we did miss you on the program earlier this week. Yeah, it's great to be back with my boy from down under and breaking down this draft. Got what do we got? Two more weeks to be exact. We're exactly two weeks away from time recording, recording this, and recording this on Thursday, and this will be out on Saturday. So hopefully everyone has a very, very happy uh, Easter for those that are celebrating on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, man. Busy time for me. We got the draft and also net playoff basketball. Yeah. So. Yeah. If hey. I'm hoping the Nets for you. I hope they do well, but at the same time, but at the same time, I also was very open in saying that I hope the Nets lose because seeing you on Twitter when the when the Nets lose is quite a good time, but it makes me enjoy the Nets losing a little bit more. I don't, you know, I don't think they've lost a game since they cut James Johnson, which was my big gripe with them by playing him 30 minutes a game for no apparent reason. But since they cut him, I don't think they've lost. I don't think they have either. I don't. I don't think they have either. Yeah. A coincidence? Coincidence, no. perhaps? I don't think so. No, but I'm excited for the playoffs. Boston's going to be a tough test, but I got I got Nets in six because I don't like the stress of game. I never predict my teams in seven because I hate game sevens. You hate anticipating the game seven. I, yeah, I don't hate blame it, you. But, it, it, but it will probably be a game seven. I think so. I, I said Boston in seven. but It'll probably be a game seven, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just you, you don't bet against Kevin Durant. No, no, no. I don't do it. Hence why, hence why I'm not putting any money down on that series. Because if I was a betting man, I would not bet against Kevin Durant. Yeah, but I'm pumped, especially for the draft and for our linebackers today in the NFC yeah. East and the and the lovely NFC East. But before we get into the linebackers, before we get into talking about the NFC East, the absolute dumpster fire that is the NFC East, mind you. We have one quick question, and it's from the mailbag. So. Jake, this is from Tom. Jake, where or oh, where is Tom from? Portland, Oregon. Love Portland. Love Portland, Oregon. It's a great place. So Tom says, I have a debate with my dynasty league as of present time. When is the best moment to do a startup dynasty draft. Is it after okay. the draft or is it before the season? Jake, we're both going to have the same answer. So you, you, you could definitely take this one. It's funny because I wanted to start dynasty super flex because I love the super flex league concepts. I'm not in a super flex league and the appeal of a dynasty one is pretty attractive to me. And if I were to do this to answer the question, it would be in August. I don't I'm not a big fan of springtime fantasy drafts, if that makes sense. I just think that especially starting it up, I feel like you have to really have all the answers to everything that we simply don't have after the draft. And what's the point? What's the point? It's not like there's a game in a month or so. Wait till August, get it done as but with the rookie draft, I think I have mine a week after for just standard dynasties, you know, two flex, nothing spectacular, but I have mine a week after, but that's the rookie draft. But the startup draft, you need to do that correctly in August and, and really grind for that one, in my opinion. 
I have nothing more to add to that. You you basically took every last thing that I was going to say out of my mouth, which is you need to be doing a draft. If it's a startup from scratch, you need to be doing it in August. Because, I mean, we had this conversation, I know you and I, last year when we said you, you just don't know what's going to happen, especially with the preseason. And as we all know from last year, Look what happened, for example, with the Baltimore Ravens. People went heavy on J.K. Dobbins. He got hurt. People yeah. then went heavy on Gus Edwards. Then he got hurt. People then spent a gazillion dollars on uh, who was uh, who what was his name? Tyron Williams. Tyson Williams. Tyson. Yes, Tyson Williams. And he was terrible. And we were stuck with Lat Murray and Devontae Freeman leading the way for the Baltimore Ravens in their backfield. You forgot plenty others. Travis Etienne. Uh, well, yeah, yes, yes. But yeah, I was just talking I, about the, the classic example. The in which classics, just, yes. Just fab, fab dollars were burned all at once. I mean, I, I know for a fact that I had, a, I had a buddy of mine that spent nearly a quarter of his fab on just Gus Edwards and then Tyson Williams, not to mention a high capital pick on J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, you, you got to do it right. I won't have a fantasy draft this year before Labor Day. No way. I literally said to one of my leagues when we were talking about draft order, this was Monday, when we were just kind of spitballing ideas for, for a draft day. And a few of them said, oh, why don't we just do uh, last week of the preseason? Nope. Nope. Uh-uh. I'm not draft. I am not drafting. When the calendar has an eight as its first number. No, sorry. Not doing it. I'm not doing it. Yep. It's not happening because they play the third preseason. It's not like all the starters sit out the third preseason game. Right. They're, they're playing. And Bingo. just Labor Day weekend. That's it. Clear your schedule. Just have all your drafts on Labor Day weekend. If you have to do two in one day, you live with it. But I would much rather have more work to do than pick a guy in the third round like I did last year with J.K. Dobbins and have it just be useless. And my season was over before it got before it started. And they haven't released the schedule yet. I believe the schedule release is probably going to be within a week or two of the draft. So that'll be coming soon enough. But from what I've heard is that it's going to be a later start, that it's not going to be that first Thursday in September. It's going to be the following Thursday. So you still have all of that time. Yep. So it's not going to be like, you know, you're going to be have to be in a mad rush. Oh, Labor Day is the cutoff. And then after that, you know, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, game Thursday. From what I hear, it's going to be Labor Day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then a whole other week, and then game. I like that. I really like that. I, I would love think that. that's perfect for the fantasy format. Better for the players, too. I really don't like how it's Labor Day and then next week it's – What's the rush? And then we also get football for a little bit longer throughout the year, and everybody right. wins at the end of the day. Right, which we love, which we love. Who, who, who's upset about that? Not me. Not me at all. So uh, the answer to your question is, please, for the love of God, for the love of God, hold off. Hold off until late August, early September, whenever your league wants to do it, but you're not doing this draft, especially one that has such long-term ramifications. You could wait. You could wait. And I'm assuming as well, if this is a dynasty league and you're doing a dynasty league the right way. It's also costing you a lot of fucking money. 
yeah, I just don't, I just don't get the point. Like I'm just not thinking about foot after the draft. I kind of unwind a little bit from football. Oh, yes. Oh, you it, have no idea. You know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah. Yep. I kind of unwind from a lot of sports in general after, after the draft, unless, unless the Nets are still playing in the playoffs, which I hope, but um, even baseball, I like, I, I watch it here and there, but it's not like I'm religiously not invested. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's more of like a July, August type of thing. Sure. And I mean, Hey, I mean, I, I share your, uh, I share your thoughts as well. When you say you take your break May 5th to after Memorial day, I am, I'm off. I'm off. We'll be here. We'll be here. But in terms of doing actual legitimate work, nope. Mm-mm. Not a chance. Guys, I need a break. I need a break because then I get back after Memorial Day and it's just fantasy from from here on in. Yeah. June, yeah. The whole June to the end of uh, August is the big fantasy. Yeah. Where it June, starts. June, you're in your kind of, you're in your lull. A little bit like it hasn't ramped up necessarily but a lot of people are saying like their day is like fourth of july that after i was of july, gonna say that yep fourth of july is when the juices really start flowing and people really get back into the thick of it and they start Schedule. thinking about things yes that's like that then then after that it's just good good goodbye by life because because it really depends though because i'm a big offline fantasy player i'm not a big online i just think it's better there's just something about the off i know i'm getting really off topic here it's no you're not about the it's just something about the offline draft that you plan it well in advance everybody frees up their day it's a good time it's a great time it's a fantastic time and even if you can't even if you can't all be together for it, there's this thing. It's called Zoom. Yep. You all get into a room. You have the commissioner or someone that has the draft board, and you make your picks off of there. That's it. Like, it, 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 and you're able to to spit shit with one another. Like, I don't want like not for nothing. I don't want to go into a chat room and be like, "Oh, that was such a terrible pick. You suck." Yeah. No. Like, Come on, that's 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 no fucking fun. And it adds a human like you really think about your picks because you think like it's funny because I notice this all the time with kids that they want to go with their gut, but they're afraid of the reaction they will get from their peers with the offline draft. I could tell you it's a real thing. I have seen human beings crumble. Where they, they talk they talk for weeks leading up to a draft saying they're going to do one thing they're going to do this they're going to do that yep and they get to the draft and the heat is on them and in the moment <laughs> they do the complete opposite or they find a way to fuck up like one of the, the best moments of that that I can remember was this had to have been two three years ago this this was the last draft that we had before COVID. I was drafting with this is my with my big my big keeper league. Someone took T.Y. Hilton post Andrew Luck when Mike Evans was still on the board. I saw this kid go into nuclear meltdown because the kid forgot to put Mike Evans in his ranks. Yeah, no, that it's also fun the offline auction leagues. I remember you hosted one of those one year. I had a lot of fun at that. The auction uh, is—that's a big thing. That's like a—that's like that's like a split, rapid. You you don't get time to think those through as nope. long and, as and you do online. And Jake, I could bring a smile to your face right now. 
the auction might be coming back. The auction, the auction must be. I was going to trim down my leagues and I was kind of like, if you did another snake, like I was thinking about telling you, like, I don't know. But if the offline auction makes a return, I'm returning. It might. It I'm might. a big fan. It, it It's down, but it's either that or what I could do. And this is something that I've also considered is having the guillotine be an auction. No, no, I can't, I can't do guillotine. I've considered it. Nope. I have considered it. I, I can't. The auction offline. Oh, that's 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 something that gets me up. And then and then I would need to find someone to be the auctioneer. But it sure shit won't be me. Not uh, well, we got the we got your kid brother at home. True, true. But the, but also also he, he wants to be in the league now. Yes, yes. Because he he saw he he saw how that went, and yeah. he was just like, oh, I made a fucking mistake not doing this. And I was like, well, you don't want to do it. It was fun. Oh, that was a lot of that. That I still talk about that draft all the time. That, that was an intense draft. Oh, <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, oh, it God. was. It it was intense. Yep. Especially early on when people were just kind of getting the, the feel of things. And it was a two QB or two, which made it even yes. more. Yeah, we got to bring that back. Come on. There's, there's nothing to think about. I, I think that might be the move. I think that might be the move to do to do that. And then maybe, oh God, do I do I add another league and have that be the guillotine and just have the auction? Do that separately. Gotta bring the auction I, 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 I gotta think about that another time. We're, we're we're killing time right now just brainstorming about my <laughs> ideas for a potential fantasy league when we have linebackers and uh, the NFCs to talk about. So let's just get right into the linebackers, shall we? Uh you guys know how we do this by now. Um we go five to one. We give our linebacker ranks, and then we have a nice grand old discussion about the linebackers. So um, I have no idea who went first the last time. I think it was I think it was me. Yeah, I'll go. Go ahead. All right. Go number f- number five. I have Christian Harris out of Alabama. I have Channing Dindall out of Tyndall. Excuse me. I don't know if I said Dindall or Tyndall. I don't know what I said. Uh, Christian Tyndall out. A uh, uh, Channing Tyndall. I'm an idiot. Out of Georgia. I have Brandon Smith out of Penn State at number four. I said Christian because at number four, I have Christian Harris out of Alabama. At number three, I have Chad Muma out of Wyoming. Chad Muma out of Wyoming. You do as well? Mm-hmm. Yep, at number three. And then, and then two, Nicobe Dean out of Georgia. Yep, same with me. And then number one, who I, I'm excited to talk about, is Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Same with me. So the top three are the same. Top three are the same. Muma, Dean, and Harris. So there won't be um, too much, I don't think, disagreement on uh, on some things, but we could have seen different things in film. You never know. So let's start with Mr. Devin Lloyd. Jake, mm, there were a lot of good things that I saw with Devin Lloyd. There were a lot of things also that I saw that I didn't necessarily love. But what were some of the things that you uh, that you enjoyed with I mean, just, uh, the former Ute? Yeah, the, the thing that glares to me is the ability to play every snap. He is that true, never come off the field play, ninety nine point nine percent of the snaps of the season type of guy. It's not that he's a liability in pass coverage. No, he he's fast enough and big enough, in my opinion. I don't know what the four. You know how I do this. I don't really look at the forty times and say, okay, you know what, this guy's fast. No, he played fast, and yep. I saw it. On, he looked like he was one step ahead of everybody, and it's just 
this guy in pass coverage is fast enough to run with tight ends and running backs, but he's also big enough to cover tight ends and not get bullied around. And that's something that stood out to me. He won't be a liability there as a tackler. Some things I didn't love as a pure tackler. That's the one area that I kind of say, you know what, that, that needs work in the NFL, but it wasn't like he was an abysmal tackler where he was such a liability. It's just more of those routine wrap up in open space, get the, get the guy down. Whereas in the backfield though, he was, it seemed like, you know, some linebackers, when you watch them, it just seems like they're a step ahead of everybody. Yes. Th- that's what he was to me. He was in the backfield sometimes when the ball is being handed off, just blowing up a play, a true game wrecker. And a guy that I think is going to be a perennial pro bowler I, for reference, how much I love this guy. I have him. Let me check my ranks here. I was high on him. I was too. And I am high on him. I definitely, okay. I definitely have him as a top 10 talent, whether I have him going in the top 10, I don't know. Okay. So you're higher on him than I am. I have him as my number 16 overall player. So I guess we're kind of in the same ballpark. Now it's interesting. It'd be interesting to see where I have him in my, where I have him in my mock going. Um, yeah. The mock I, I went with, he's later for me in mocks than I have him going, I believe to Philadelphia. And my, that my latest sounds mock. about right. Where I, I have 19. I have him. Yeah. I don't know if I put him in my, in my top 10 in my latest mock that I haven't released just because, you know, at, the, at this point, I released a mock two weeks ago, talkingpointsports.com, by the way, if you want to go check that out. Um, so I have Devin Lloyd. I have Devin Lloyd going 16 to the Eagles. Okay. So, you know what? That was, that was before yeah. they made, they made the trade. Yeah. That was before they made the trade. So I haven't, I haven't updated it. This is a published one that, I, that I'm looking at uh, from two weeks ago where I had Devin Lloyd going. This is my last published one. Um, so obviously I've not made the changes yet with the, with the Saints guy in that, that pick, but I can see Devin Lloyd potentially going in, in, in the top 10. I think the Giants, they, they have a need for a linebacker. I don't know if they would do it at five or seven. If the Giants were to trade back a couple spots, that could be an interesting uh, spot for uh, for Devin Lloyd. Maybe the Vikings could use him as well. I, I mean, he also screams Baltimore Raven, doesn't he? Um. I don't know if they need linebacker help, I think, though. I, but... just, I think that's too early for a, a off-the-ball linebacker. Like, I like, I love Devin Lloyd, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if necessarily he goes up against Devin White when he came out of uh, LSU or at the time, like a Devin Bush out of Michigan. I don't know if he's one of those type of guys, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? It's very funny because the player comp that I had written down for Devin Lloyd, I said a more polished Devin Bush. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I was a big fan of Bush coming out. So see, I wasn't the biggest fan of Bush coming out. So I, that's kind of, I guess, where we differ. Yeah, I, I was proven he, wrong on that one. I, I just I want to admit that I would. No, yeah, obviously, it's, it's a the draft is a crapshoot. But I just don't. If a team did that, I would definitely understand it. But I don't know because because of the position that he plays more so than the actual player i don't know if an off the ball linebacker is worth that type of pick i'm not knocking the player at all but he's not that like devin white was a generational talent for me coming out of college one of the best linebackers i've ever watched coming out i don't know if he's at that level it comes down to need and and i guess people could say it's kind of like the problem that tyler lindebaum is going to have that they could say he's a generational kind of prospect at center 
but because center is one of those positions where it's just kind of like, uh, you know, it's center. And you got to fit a particular scheme too, which Correct. definitely applies to linebackers as well. Like to me in a four, three, yeah. like it's a shame the jets won't get him, but like that think Seattle, think the jets, the Niners, those types, the Dan Quinn Cowboys defense, oh. those teams, he fits there. He's not necessarily like that three, four thumper that you need against the run. See what I'm saying? I think more so that where you can just kind of let him run around all over the field like Fred Warner in San Francisco is what, what Devin Lloyd will be. Jake, I'm telling you right now, if Devin Lloyd falls to 24 to the Dallas Cowboys and they don't take him, I don't know what I'll do. I don't know what I'll do. I think they won't, honestly. And I would go absolutely bananas because I, let's you, put, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I would like to put a wager that if Traylon Burks is on the board at 24, the Cowboys will draft him. I'll make that bet. They will draft. I guarantee you they'll draft him if he's there. I'll make that bet. Uh, yeah, they are. <laughs> I'll make I'll make that bet. What are we putting on it? I don't know. We'll think of something off air. I I, I have an idea. I have right. I have an idea. If they do t- if they do take Burks, I will one hundred percent do the auction, and I will pay for your fee. Deal. What if now? Burks, what? If Burks is there and the Cowboys do not take him, you pay a little extra on top on top of your initial fee that goes into the pot. Okay, done deal. But if he's off the board, the bet. Voids. If he's off the board, bet is null and void. Okay. Glad we covered the Cowboys from the NFC East today. <laughs> we've, we've we've done something productive today. That is talking about the Cowboys and making a bet towards future fantasy leagues. Absolutely love it. Fantastic stuff. So with with, with Devin Lloyd, I, I really can't add anything more than Jake has already said because he basically he outlined all the pros and all of the cons. I literally have down here the most nitpicky thing that I probably have is this is just the tackling and. It, I don't want to say it's frustrating, but it is frustrating because Devin Lloyd has all of the intangibles to be an absolutely unbelievable ta- tackler and a really, really consistent one. But he's very inconsistent when it co- when it comes to the tackling. But everything else, he is fantastic. He's very, very good, if not great, at everything else. Whereas the tackling, he's just good, if not inconsistent. His tackling form, I thought, was a little bit eh. Because he really tried to lunge at def- at opponents to try and bring them down, which definitely was a cause for the swing and miss. He had a 12.5 career percent missed tackled rate. So that's going to obviously have to be worked on at the next level. But I mean, this is, I mean, that's like the only problem that he has that, this, that the kid needs to work on his tackling form. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll take that chance on him. Yeah, a little bit of alligator arms as well for me with the tackling, particularly in the open in the open field. But honestly, a lot of linebackers struggle with just you're you're really not a polished tackler in college, right? No, no, that's something that just comes with experience in the NFL. But sideline to sideline, this guy is is up there. Yeah, yeah. Like this guy can fly. I think he ran something absurd too at the combine. I I know he's tested well there, but. Sideline to sideline, this guy can run with all of them, really. He reminds me a lot of Fred Warner coming out of college. Like, seriously, like the way he's used in the San Francisco defense, I think is how this guy needs to be deployed. I think it's a great comparison. I think it's a really, really good comparison. And I think 
I don't know if Devin Lloyd is that level of uh, what's the word I'm looking for. He's at, he, he is that level of athlete, but he doesn't, he's like a step below if that makes sense. Uh, um, no, yeah. Listen, listen, it, it, I'm not saying he will be Fred. Fred Warner is a reigning all pro line. Yeah, absolutely. You see absolutely. what I'm saying? But used similarly is, is what yeah. I'm trying to get at here. He needs to be played in that Fred Warner role. Yes, yes, exactly. Give him freedom to go wherever he wants to go and let him make the plays that he's able to, to, to make. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for summing it up. Nicobe Dean out of the University of Georgia. I think I had put down in my latest mock, I said death taxes and Georgia defensive players panning out National Football League. I am sure that Nicobe Dean will be another one that pans out for the Georgia Bulldogs in the NFL, but there are definite concerns with Nicobe Dean, specifically all around his size, 5'11", 230. This is a guy that you cannot be putting on tight ends at all because he's just, he's just going to get burned. At, at the next level for someone that is that small, unfortunately, but where he does, what he does bring to the table is that straight line quickness and the ability to read the game is at the level, if not potentially better than Devin Lloyd's. Yeah. Listen, I, for reference, I have Nicobe Dean as my 33rd ranked player. So basically a late first rounder, early second rounder. I never bought into the top 10 talk that we were hearing. I, I said, listen, wait till we get to the combine. He probably won't test well, but he's one of those guys, high character guy, leader of a defense kind of reminds me. I hate doing this with player comparisons. I promise I'll stop, but kind of reminds me a little bit of David Harris. I don't know if you remember mm, him, the, the linebacker had those limitations in the passing game. Just a thumper though. I think in a three, four defense, Nicole Dean makes a ton of sense because he, his deficiencies in the pass game will be kind of hidden a little bit. If you know what I'm saying, where he can just kind of, you know, play the run, uh, you know, make tackles in the open field. He doesn't necessarily need to worry about playing man-to-man coverage against tight ends too often. So that 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 to me is probably his best fit. But you're right, though. He doesn't necessarily have the catch-up speed to run with these guys. If you put him in the slot, that's not possible. He just doesn't have the agility and the hips to do so. But the physicality, he hits like he has no regard. He hits people. He will absolutely – if you put him in zone coverage in the middle of the field, he will take your lights off. Like this guy yeah. is not afraid to lay a licking on guys coming across middle on screens in particular defends those so well, but there's a lot to like, but the overall ceiling for me was just not, wow, we're looking at one of the best linebackers in pro football. We're looking at a, a very good starter, which is more than okay. I, I think Absolutely. teams will sign up for a very good starter late in the first round, safe prospect in my opinion. Very safe, very safe. I think this, the ceiling is relatively low, but the floor is incredibly high that you're going to get a guy that'll be a really, really solid contributor on first down, second down will be a fantastic contributor on third down in passing situations because of what he can do as a blitzer. And that's probably the best part of his game and where he probably projects as a weak side linebacker in the National Football League just because of what he can do as a blitzer, being able to get behind and get into the backfield and just create havoc now, one of the uh, the main concerns as well that um, a scout that I had talked to had about Nicobe Dean, and this was one that I didn't necessarily think of, but it's a it's, it's a valid concern, is him playing behind one of the best, if not the best, defensive line in the country. Could that have helped him? And if he does not get that same kind of quality in the National Football League, 
could that hurt him? And I think it's a, a very valid and very fair question. And also, we're, we'll do safeties next next week or sometime. But there's a guy in, the, in that Georgia defense, particularly in the back end, that plays like if you put him in the box, look look out. That also helps. Yes. Yeah. And it, it I mean, hey, hey, I mean, all you need to do is go watch the Georgia defense from a year ago, and you're, you're looking at six, if not seven guys that are pro talents and are, you know, are going to be drafted just this year. Let me tell you something about the Georgia defense before we move on. I was watching the Kobe Dean and I immediately had the shift to Lewisine. Very interesting. Yeah, no, it was like that. I, and we'll, we'll get the, it was like that for another, it, it was weird this year with that, my opinion that I was, I was starting off with the guys that were, you know, the consensus top first rounders, you know what I'm saying? And then I go, wait a minute, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> like, and the it, attention it, it, automatically flips. Exactly. Exactly. So let's go and talk about Chad Muma, our consensus number three. Uh, for me, this is one of the best defensive linebackers that I watched on film in this entire class by a lot. And the numbers back it up 68 total defensive stops from a year ago, three interceptions, 21 pressures for the Wyoming Cowboys. And at 6'3", 242, what he weighed in at the combine, he's got the size. He's got all the physical attributes to be a very, very productive uh, NFL linebacker, I think. Yeah, and honestly, to be, we don't like to hold competition against players, but let's be honest with ourselves. If this guy was playing in one of the Power Five conferences in college football, we might be talking about him as the best linebacker in this class and I, or, or one of the two. I absolutely 100% agree. And it's just it, – it, you're right, though. There's a Georgia defender in front. And then – so it, – but it's just like an unwritten rule. You know what I'm saying with that? Absolutely. It, it, it's the Josh Allen disease. Exactly. And, you know, I try to stay away from that, but I also have to somewhat take that into account. But this guy, listen, he's he's an NFL linebacker from day one. He he'll he'll be starting somewhere next year. And like I talked about, unlike Nicobe Dean at number two, this guy is a lot like Devin Lloyd, where he will be a three down linebacker because he has the size, the speed. Hey, my, I, he's probably a better tackler than Devin Lloyd, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, and I, I, I would say I, so. I would agree, just because I I think I saw a lot more consistent tackling, a lot more a lot better tackling form out of Muma that I did out of Devin Lloyd. But I think one of the downsides as well, because it's he's listed at 243, and I, I think a little bit on, on tape with him, he didn't necessarily play like he was 243 pounds. That's yes, that, that a was little bit in, of a concern. That was leading into my next kind of, because like I talked about with Nicobe Dean, where he didn't necessarily, he didn't have any regard for his body. He was just going in and he was hitting people. Yep. I didn't necessarily get the sense from Muma. I agree that he was like that. He, he kind of played smaller than his playing weight, whereas Nakobe Dean, in my opinion, played the biggest of the linebackers that we're talking about today. But NFL coaching, the tools are all there. The raw talent's there. I don't know how this guy gets past. I, I, he, I think I have him as a top 50 player, but I don't know how this guy gets past like the middle of the second round, to be completely honest. I don't honest either. With you. I've, I've seen mocks of him like the late third I, I just That's don't crazy. understand like right if if you're if you're a Dallas and you need a linebacker Dallas just always needs linebackers if, because especially with the plan to play Michael Parsons is more of a defensive end 
in 2022. You couldn't take Chad Muma in, in the second round, just partner him up with Van Der Esch and boom, that's it. And in reference to Muma, I have him as my 42nd ranked player. Interesting. Let me see where I have him. So I, I'm higher than him, uh, higher on him than the consensus. I, I think he might be one of those guys where he gets drafted a lot earlier than the consensus, and everybody's like, what the hell? Like, who the hell is this guy? You have him at 42? I have him at 42. I have him at 53. So we're, okay. we're in the same yeah. ballpark. In the same ballpark, should be an early to mid, the latest second-round pick. Will he get drafted in that range? We don't know. But somebody's getting themselves a, a, a really good starter and might not be necessarily the, the reigning all-pro one of the best linebackers in football, but you're getting yourself a guy that could be a pro bowler on a yearly basis. In my opinion, the ceiling is through the roof with this kid, a lot higher than Nicobe Dean's. It's just the tape for Dean was a little bit better for me. And against, I hate to say it, but against better competition, it's just, we have to let the cat out of the bag there. So it's a slight edge to Nicobe Dean, but I really contemplated having Chad Muma as my second rated linebacker. I, I had to fight against it, but I, I just couldn't do it. Christian Harris now out of the university of Alabama. A lot of holes in his game, I think, but the things that he does well, he does extremely well. But then the things that he doesn't do well, he really has to improve on, specifically in pass coverage. He's allowed over a 1,000 yards whilst in coverage over the last two years at Alabama. So he's got to work on that side of the game. But I'm, I'm assuming that there's going to be NFL defensive coordinators that maybe won't necessarily have him so I, I guess so involved in the pass covered side of the game that maybe they'll focus more on him and getting him into the backfield where he can wreak havoc, which he does quite successfully. Yeah. To me, he was one of those guys that you, you watch some guys in during this whole process of the draft leading up to it. He was a little stiff to me. He just didn't necessarily move fluently. You, you could tell this with guys at any position group and, and you could attest to this as well as anybody. They just move differently. You you watch their movements, and it's just what they were given by God. You don't necessarily coach that or develop that. They just they they move like a professional. They move differently than everybody else on the field. You could tell. Okay, you know what? That guy's the best player on the field, or one of the best guys on the field. I didn't necessarily get that with Christian Harris. I thought he was stiff in that department. But as a tackler, absolutely, he won't miss a tackle. He will be there and. His football IQ to me really stood off the charts too, where he kind of knew where, okay, I know where this ball is going up the gut. The cat in the run game, he's going to be stout, no doubt about it. But he just doesn't necessarily have the talent to be out there on all three downs where it's an obvious passing situation to be that sub linebacker in a defense. He has to come off the field and you have to probably put in either a safety or another linebacker in that rotation, which is which is no knock, but yeah, you're, you're very limited NFL. schematically with what you could do with him. Yes, in this day and age of the NFL, that's just a dying type of position. It's almost kind of like a power running back that can't catch a football, unless you're Derrick Henry or A.J. Dillon. Right. You have to be either huge or you have to be fast as hell. And, exactly. And unfortunately, you know, when you're a power running back like a like a Mike Tolbert type, you know, you're not going to have the NFL. Right, yeah, that that it just you're not going to see that kind of player in the National Football League uh, nowadays, and it's the same thing with just being a run stuffing machine at, at linebacker. That's why they have defensive tackles for for a reason. All right, so um, I have a sleeper. Do you have a sleeper, Jake? 
yeah, I also love Brandon Smith. I know we didn't talk oh, about yeah, him. Yeah, let's talk about Brandon Smith out of uh, out of Penn State. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just just real quick. This is your prototypical sub linebacker. The complete he's honestly the complete opposite of a Christian Harris, where the tackling was pretty porous for me, but the ability to just cover he's made for the the Travis Kelseys of the world, the George Kittles of the world, the the premier tight ends. This is your guy, am I? He's almost kind of like a sub. It's like do you watch? It's like when you watch certain safeties in the NFL, like a something that comes to mind, like a Keanu Neal. That's kind of like that hybrid safety linebacker. Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons to a much lesser extent because Isaiah Simmons to me was a unit. I don't know what the hell they're doing in Arizona, but they they can't seem to get that that right with Isaiah Simmons. But yes, almost like that to a little bit lesser of an extent. This is your guy for that. But in terms of, you know, playing up in the line of scrimmage, making those tackles that is required of an inside linebacker, being the real horse, the, the anchor of the defense, he's not that guy. He does not play with that type of physicality but a guy that will just cover sideline to sideline, play man coverage against tight ends, cover running backs on wheel routes and other passing concepts out of the backfield. He's made for this day and age and where football is going, in my opinion. And that's why he ranked pretty high on my list, where I think I'm a lot higher on him than, than most. He play. He's listed at 240. He plays like he's 240. He's got the speed. He's got the ideal frame for someone who's an off-the-ball linebacker. The problem with him is we talked about it with Devin Lloyd. We're going to talk about it with Brandon Smith. 17% missed tackle rate. He's just an out-of-control tackler. Like yeah. he, see, he sees something that may not be there, and his first read is try and make that play, which, I, hey, he's trying to make the play. I give, I give him the credit for at least making the effort because there are a bunch of guys that we could say, that oh maybe they won't go and try and make that play. He tries to make the play, but it, it's just it just comes down to a, a football IQ when it comes to that side of the game, which hasn't necessarily matured to that NFL level as of yet. But he's probably a guy that, in my estimation, if if he was a third or a fourth round pick, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that's like too bad or or anything like that. He he has the talent to be a second round pick, but I think just the tackling inconsistencies could knock him down a little bit. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see him taking the third or the fourth round just because of A, he plays for Penn State. B, James Franklin has also raved about this kid and just what a good kid he is. And that also goes a long way in the draft process, as we have seen time and yeah, time again. Time and t- I think he was a five-star recruit out of high school. Don't get me on that. Yes, though. he was. I believe I believe he was a five-star out of Virginia, I think. Yeah. Yes, out of Virginia. Yeah, yeah definitely. So who's your sleeper? All right, so this was of the suggestion because we had the Jetsway podcast last night, very good show, with, with Connor Livesey, and – it's funny because I asked him, like, you know, who, who are like some guys that I'm not necessarily watching here because I was just, you know, chatting with them. And he said Troy Anderson out of Montana State. And I turned this kid on just real quick to, today because I had to watch him. And he, it, it might be just kind of like a a spur of the mo- prisoner of the moment. But I, when I saw this guy, I'm like, oh, I'm like, Jesus, I might I might I, I contemplated just adjusting my list a little bit. Very raw for starters, but. The speed, the range, off the charts. The like, if this kid gets any sense of what's going on, because I think he just started playing linebacker. When I was reading fairly recently. If this kid gets any clue as to what's going on, 
with the position and learns how to play linebacker rather than just being a raw athlete out there, just trying to cover people and take people down at, at first sight. My goodness, watch out. Oh, Jake, you stole my thunder. Yeah, mine, I didn't watch mine, this kid. Mine before. was Troy Anderson. No, didn't watch. I've never watched it. He was like, Troy, and I'm like, who the hell? I'm like, hold on. He's like, dude, just trust me. Like, a okay. former running back and quarterback that they just decided to convert to linebacker at Crazy. Montana State. And he played one year as a linebacker and had 67 stops in that one year. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And yeah. he lives and dies off of the speed, off of the physicality that he plays with. He's 6'4", 243, and he plays all of 6'4", 243. Very, very raw, but with more reps at the position. I mean, there's no telling what he could be if he just gets into the right fit, into the right system, and with the right coach that can really coach this kid up into being, in my opinion, I mean, we could be talking about a kid that, starts a trend at the linebacker position in terms of just having athletes at the position more so than just meatheads, which is kind of the way we started to transition over the last couple of years. We've, we've seen linebackers be a bit bigger, a bit heavier. Now we're seeing much more lean, mean, faster, grittier, hard-nosed linebackers. Troy Anderson could just develop a whole new, uh, a new whole new set of, linebacking quality all of his own if he pans out which i think he can and fuck i'm i'm really upset that you took that one <laughs> he he really screams like a robert solo type of linebacker yes he, he really does. does i i yeah i'm i'm i can't i don't know why because listen i don't have the time to watch every single i watch probably like how many guys do you, you don't watch everybody in the draft or at least i don't i i probably no guys no i i don't watch everybody watch because you know, I, I try to watch like 20 guys a position, like yeah. on average, like it depends on the position, but like I never watched it. I'm like Montana State and I go, who is here? I, I could tell you how many guys I've watched because on the expert portal on fantasy pros, it gives me the option to keep track of all of the guys that I've watched with note sheet attached. And I have watched. 577. Yeah. 577 I, I, players. I never watched I, this guy. I, I, I'm not gonna, going to get the, that time back in my life, but it's all for a very, very good cause. Yeah, so I guess we're kind of like, you know, 20 guys a position. How many positions are on the field? Yeah, so we're, we're kind of like in the same. In the same ballpark. Yeah. I, I didn't realize. I'm like, when you said that, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, wait a minute, I think I'm around there too. Yeah, yeah, five seventy-seven. Uh, it's it's it sounds horrifying for a lot of people, and it it probably is in, in, in fairness, but it's what I love to do. So it's not all that bad. Uh, then the one one more that I wanted to give out here um, is Brian Asamoah out of Oklahoma. For me, he's just that strict sideline to sideline linebacker, and. I think what a lot of teams are going to be very curious about is watching that 2020 film to his 2021 film. Cause 2020, he was not good at all. And then 2021, he made a massive jump. 2020 was graded as a top 400 linebacker in the country. And then in 2021 moved up to being a top 140 linebacker in the country. So 
something to definitely look at, you know, 2020 versus 2021 and where the differences were. Um, considering, you know, he plays for Oklahoma and we all know how the uh, the Big 12 likes to play defense. They don't like to play defense at all. Yep. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's go to the NFC East. And let's start with the New York football giants. Just because I'm going to say the Cowboys best for last because this is my damn show. Okay, the Giants. They I, need yeah. to get themselves a guard. They need to get themselves <laughs> a tackle. Thank you, Abby, for, uh, for for just ruining that. Thank you so much, Doug. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm keeping that in, too, uh, for all of those who care. Because, I mean, hey, we're people, too. Um, I think they need an edge rusher. And I would probably say a safety where – Kyle Hamilton could come into the mix for the Giants, but from what I've heard, it, it that that's doubtful that Kyle Hamilton becomes a possibility for for the Giants. We'll, we'll get the safety when the time comes. But uh, yeah. how about a how about a quarterback? See, <laughs> uh, they're not going to draft one. But my goodness, it. I just I'm not a big fan of let's see what we have. If you have to think about what you have and you like a guy, take the guy and don't think about oh well next year CJ Stroud. We don't we remember who you, you remember who the number one pick was supposed to be this year in this draft? I don't I don't know if you remember. I believe that guy's name was Sam Howell. Oh no, and no. then I, oh, oh, oh well, well then it was that, uh, that other guy that other guy named uh, Spencer Rattler. There you go. So I don't want to hear about this. Well, next year will be a great quarter. There's no Trevor Lawrence in the next draft. I don't want to hear about next draft. Okay. Um, so yeah, if they like a guy, just take the guy, but all the other needs you brought up make a ton of sense. Sauce Gardner, I would anticipate at seven and at five, I think best remaining tackle. I don't think Iki Kwanu will be there for them. I know I'm getting ahead of ourselves with the offensive tackle rating. So I'll just freaking spoil that right now. Probably an Well, we did it already. So if you wanted to give yours, oh. I mean, by, by all means, please. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about Iki Aquanu, but he's my number one player in the whole draft. So. Whoa. 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 Yep. Wow. I, uh, I, yeah. I mean, I- I- explain yourself, please. I mean, what what the hell do I need to explain? I, I think you just need to turn, the, turn, turn on what this kid did to human beings at NC State and just pancake them to no, to no avail on a weekly basis, was the best player on the field. Literally a grown man amongst boys on a weekly basis. Yes, the pass protection everybody brings up, but mm-hmm. you, you see him at the Senior Bowl? Yeah. Uh, he manhandled people in a, yeah. in a big way. Now, let me let me ask you this, and I, I, I think I know the answer, but I just I, I want to ask you, when you're watching the film on Iki Aquano, what was the one game that stood up for you the most? Let me check here. I know what mine is, and I'm I'm just very curious if if we have the the same answer. There's two. There's like two or three possible answers that I think you could go with. I I know what mine is. I'm just very curious if you have the the same answer. That's part one of my question. And the number two, do you think that Iki Kwanu is a tackle or a guard at the next level? Oh well, no, he's definitely a left tackle. Like there there's no doubt about it. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. The, I, I think he's a guard. It's the, see, I wrote down a but I don't know about one particular that sticks out, but I would probably say the Clemson game. That's the one. If I, if I really That's had the one. to I would say the Clemson game or the Miami game. 
That's because the other one. Be, I don't know if it was the most impressive, but it was the best competition that was impressive. So it kind of like the tie went to the better competition for me, if that made sense. I'm sh- he, he had better tape against teams that were, you know, like the, like think of like who the bottom few, like NC, North, St- uh, no, State. not NC State, not NC State. State, North Carolina, like yeah, North Carolina, like App State, you know, something App, like yeah, that. Like, listen, I don't need to see this guy playing against future nine to five office workers in a cubicle, like. <laughs> You know, Clemson's got NFL caliber players, Miami, those type of, even though Miami, what's left of that, I mean, the SEC, uh, SEC, ACC in general is not what it once was, but no, man, like this guy to me was just literally like, it just stood out to me what he was doing. And he finished people like people talked about this with Makai Becton a lot coming out, but this guy truly, truly finished people, pancaked people. Mm-hmm. And and the and the pass protection, yes, it's a little bit of a concern, but you get this guy with an NFL caliber coaching staff, with an offensive line coach, with those physical tools and the way to move. Like guys that big should not move like that. It, it's just it defies logic. I don't know how you pass on that kid. If you're Jacksonville, I don't know what you're doing. In my opinion, and we'll definitely have to have the Aiden Hutchinson discussion because I think Aiden Hutchinson that's locked and loaded. He's number one. That's it. Uh, but, no, 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 no. I, I'm told that is not the case. I have heard that it is close to that, but there are definitely other options on the table. It's not It's not locked and loaded. That's fair. I, I've heard it's very much up in the air. And it, sh- it, it should be. It should be. Like, if, if in a draft where there is not a quarterback at the top for a team that does not need a quarterback – there should not be a decision that's made until draft night because you should be deciding on whether or not you want a defensive anchor to have on your team for the next 10 years, which is what Aiden Hutchinson projects to be, or Kayvon Thibodeau, if that's your guy, you know, whatever floats your boat, or doing the smart, sensible thing, which is what you, I assume, and what I would do if I was the brass of Jacksonville and that is protecting the guy who had no protection last year by getting him the best offensive lineman in this draft in Icky Aquana. In my mock, I literally said in my notes and I quote, the Giants should be running up to the draft board to make this selection of Icky Aquanu at number five. Agreed. Agreed. I think the Jets will have a lot of debate in that war room if he's there for. I really do. Knowing Joe Douglas the way we do, I, yes. I could see it. He I is a Joe it. Douglas player to the T. He is. He is. I can't wait to see it. But yeah, man, I'm really high on Nicky Aquano. Probably higher. I don't know where he ranks amongst your players, but to me, like this is a franchise changing left tackle, like a he, Teron Armstead. Guys like that, in my opinion. He's my number four. Rated player. I he's special, man. Holy he's really special. I, I I'm not going to challenge you on yeah. that. He is really, really, really special. Um, but I'm going to be very curious to see if Ikiyakuano is there and Kayvon Thibodeau is there. If the first three picks go Hutchinson, Walker, and the Texans trade out, and it's a quarterback at three, and the Jets have to make a decision between Thibodeau oh, no. and Ikiyakuano there. I- Oh, no, it won't be. A dec- I'm told it's not a decision. I also think to Kayvon Thibodeau is going to the Lions at number two. I've heard the same. I, I have heard the same. I've heard Walker is still on the table just because they have more of a need at interior defensive line than 
they do an edge rusher, but who's the better prospect? For me, it, it, it is Thibodeau, and I'm not the big the biggest Thibodeau guy in the world. I'm also not the biggest Trayvon Walker guy in the world either, and we'll talk about yeah. him yep. next week. I don't want to sure. spoil too much, but yes. Yeah, yeah we'll talk about all of that next week. Um, okay, so the Giants are done. The Philadelphia Eagles, they have two first-round picks, one from the Dolphins, and then one of the their oh no this is the saints pick of course and then they traded their pick which is 19 to the saints and the saints have 16 and 19 so 15 18 for the philadelphia eagles uh jake what are some of their uh some of their needs that you have down for them uh linebacker corner safety personally quarterback i think don't sleep on matt corral i'm i matt corral kenny pickett one of those guys makes a little bit of sense they're nick sirianni type of quarterbacks I have heard the same thing. Yep. So I'm not taking that off the table, but if they stick with Jalen Hurts and build around him, I would I would be very shocked if they don't take Devin Lowe. I would just be shocked. With, they too. don't have a linebacker. No. And, and I don't want to spoil corners, but like a Trent McDuffie makes a ton of sense for them. But if they want another receiver because Jalen Rager is such a disappointment, maybe like a, a Drake London would make sense if he's there. Yeah. Bigger, bigger target. Um, maybe a Chris Olave. I think he's a similar build to Devontae Smith though. I think they kind of need another element. Jamison, Jamison Williams. I would be shocked. How about a Traylon Burks? If, if Drake London is off the board. Yep. No, that, that makes sense. I just don't know if the teams and the scouting community as a whole are high on Burks the way we are. I will, I will say that I'm not super high on Burks, but I think a lot of the slack that he gets is a lot of it is very unfair. Yeah. I'm pretty high. Very on unfair. Him. I'm pretty high on him. Like, honestly, like, yeah, you, you, I will yeah. say you are one of the higher ones that I know on Burks. I know a few others that are he, pretty he, high on him, but I think you're, you're the one that I know yeah. that has been the most vocal about, about Burks. I think this is a spot where he would really thrive too. So I think it makes a ton of sense for the Eagles, but I think if he's going to be the savior of a team's wide receiver room, no, like, but a, a team with Devonte Smith on it already and a very good offensive line that they can make some damp, but with Jalen Hurts, just like, how good of a draft would it be for Philly? If they got Traylon Burks and Matt Corral, that'd be a great draft. Exactly. Yeah. Like what, what do you, you don't think Jalen Hurts is the answer. So what are you doing? I'm literally going to read you a text that I got from someone connected with the Eagles on what day is it? Today's Thursday. I got it on Sunday. There it is. Okay. He said, and I quote, watch for the Eagles potentially with a quarterback, either where they are or potentially trading up. No, it makes sense. I, I don't know about trading up because they traded down already. Agreed. Agreed. So, but if, if like Matt Corral sitting there at 16, you know, or well, I mean, let's just, 19. Let's just have a look at, you know, where they could potentially, where they would need to leapfrog to potentially get a quarterback. Just looking at the teams, like, we'll say the Falcons, you know, they're safe. The Seahawks, maybe they take a quarterback. I think they probably should look into it at least. The Jets don't need one. Washington. They don't need one. The Vikings, maybe. The Saints, maybe. 
the, then there's the Saints at 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 sixteen, at sixteen. But the Eagles have fi- the Eagles have fifteen, so the Eagles are are good. I, I don't I don't think they're trading up. I honestly I think the next team that could take a quarterback from them is the Texans at thirteen. No, but they they're, again, they're, they're pretty I adamant think, about Davis Mills. Yeah, I don't think that they're going to take a quarterback because I was I even was pretty impressed with Davis Mills and and I wasn't expecting much from him at all. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, you're right. They probably can just stay at 15. I know they have a good relationship, obviously, with Joe Douglas, and I know I, I think the Jets are more open to trading out of 10 than they are at four. I think they have three guys in mind that they would like it for and be happy with. I've heard the same about 10, but 10. They they're going receiver at that. Like mm-hmm. spoiler alert, Jet fans. In my mock my mock draft next, I, I'm I'm excited. I get the whole I get the stage next week. I, Literally, I don't know, the, the, the stage next, or the, the week stage after. Is yours. Um, they'll be taking a, a wide receiver in the first round. So uh, I would bet yeah. I would bet based on people that I've talked to and just my knowledge of football and just the way I've seen this whole offseason go. I would bet the house on two things happening. One the Jets taking a receiver at 10 or trading that pick for a receiver or two, they trade out of 10 because they get an offer that is so good. They cannot possibly turn it down. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you totally. And yeah, the, the Eagles, man, I would take a quarterback though, but if you don't take a quarterback receiver and Devin Lloyd make a ton of sense De- to me in those Devin spots, Lloyd. Devin Lloyd. And then if Devin Lloyd, for some reason is not there, which I mean, he, he I think he is. He, I, I, it's possible that he may go. It's more likely that he's that he's there. Um, then I think it wouldn't be too crazy to say Nicobe Dean there just because of need. Mm, because of need. Way too rich of a pick for me. I think you can get Trent McDuffie. He sh- he probably will okay. be there. Okay, um, fair. I'm pretty high on him as a corner. I know we'll talk about those next week, but they could also they they could take Charles Cross if he slides all the way to 15 too. They could. Yeah, they could. So they, they have options. They, yeah. they they do. I mean, maybe. Uh, see, I don't know if they would even do that. I mean, would you if if they don't have a guy they really really love, could they take the air to Kelsey in Linderbaum? No, I don't think so either. But just something I'm throwing out there. They have Dickerson uh, too. On yeah, the they have they have Dickerson as well. All right, the Commanders. They need a corner. They need a guard to replace Brandon Scherf. So I, I definitely think Charles Cross could be in the mix there if they view him as a guard. Maybe Kenyon Green. And I've heard, I have heard a lot about Tyler Smith getting top 15 consideration, which is nuts. I would, I'm pretty confident in saying Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State will be their pick if he's there at 11. They need a receiver. They need a receiver to partner with with Terry McLaurin. I mean, yeah. hey, hey, maybe we have the Curtis Samuel coming out party. No, 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 we don't. I, <laughs> I, I would be pretty calm. I think they they put their necks on the line for Carson Wentz. I think Ron Rivera needs Carson Wentz to work out to keep a job with the Washington Commanders. Sure. Uh, we don't know what the hell's going on with Dan Schneider, but he could be out the door any minute now with some type of scandal that's uncovered and new owners could be coming in and. I, I think that's point. a good thing to take to your new bosses potentially. Hey, listen, look what I did. I got I got the quarterback. I got all the weapons. We're good. Just stay away. I think they will do everything to help Carson Wentz, and that includes t- – I think they'll take a receiver and Garrett Wilson if he's there. Just putting it out there. 
I don't think it's a bad shout at all. I've, I have heard that the commanders are particularly interested in Garrett Wilson. I've also heard that the commanders, along with Tyler Smith, um, who they have been looking at, I've also heard McDuffie with them. I've also heard Andrew Booth with them out of Clemson, who apparently Washington does really like. So that is just two names that, that, that I've heard that have been uh, linked to the commanders. Oh, boy. Now oh, here we go. Here we fucking go. The Dallas Cowboys. I mean, what don't they need? What doesn't this team need? Hope. A new, a new head coach. That's what this team needs. There you go. There's your draft need. I don't think they need a quarterback or a running back or a tight end. No, no, they they, they, they don't. They need just about everything else, though. They could use a tackle. They could use a guard. Oh, they could is, use a center. They can use a defensive tackle. They could use an edge rusher. They can use a linebacker. They can use a corner. They can use a safety. They could use just about everything. What are you talking about? They filled a lot of their holes in free agency this year. Oh, yes, of course. Of course, with um, with uh, fucking nobody. Yes, of course. Great signing. A six-year contract, right? Yeah, yeah. Fucking nobody. I mean... The Cowboys have to hit this this draft just out of the fucking park. I mean, you you, how long has Tyron Matthew been sitting on the free agent market and they need a safety? We all know the Cowboys are not going to draft a safety until round five anyway in typical Cowboys Jerry Jones fashion. You wanted to give $15 billion a year to Randy Gregory. Why not go hit up? Do, 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 do. Hello, Mr. Matthew. What are you doing? I don't know, man. I, I don't know. To be honest with you, you know who would be great for them? I wouldn't bat an eye if they took him at 24. It's Dax Hill out of Michigan. I think that is – that's who they – they need a guy that could just flat-out cover people, particularly in the back end. And to me, he's kind of like a corner too, Dax Hill. Yeah. I, I think he, he has the ability to play corner and safety. I do too. So that makes a ton of sense. I don't know how you would feel about taking safety, though, in the first round. That's kind of like a sore spot for some people. I don't mind it if the need is, is is present. And the Cowboys have had a need for a safety since Roy Williams left the team. And okay. we're not talking about the receiver either. We're talking about the safety, Roy Williams, <laughs> which was over 20 years ago. Okay, so there you go. You have your answer there. Some other guys that we talked about, Traylon Burks. I firmly believe he will be the pick at 24 if he's on the board. Knowing Jerry and his Arkansas roots, and they do need another pass catcher to go they along do. with. C.D. Lamb and, and Michael Gallup. We don't know about the the status of his injury. And he would be a big-bodied receiver, too, yep. which Dallas does need. Which Dallas does absolutely need. Some other guys that I think Kenyon Green would make a ton of sense for them mm-hmm. at 24. I don't know about the t- – I don't think – I'm not very high on Trevor Penning. I know you did offensive line last week. He's not my favorite. Um, but just the what I could tell from what other people are saying regarding this mock, the – the teams were impressed with him at the senior bowl. So he probably won't be there for Dallas to play. So tackle doesn't make a ton of sense there. I think it's going to be, I'll give you my top three here. You can, you can tell me if I'm wrong or I I'll, think I'll just tell you what I've heard. I'll tell you if any of the, names I would be, that... I would be, I think edge rusher is probably the area of need. They're looking to address the most, I would I've... say. So like a George Karloftis makes a ton of sense there. I haven't heard Karloftis' name much. I have heard a lot of Jermaine Johnson. Oh, Jermaine Johnson's going in the top 10. To, dude, J- J- no, Jermaine Johnson's not going to be there. I've what? heard that there are some that don't no necessarily love him. There's no way. I will make I'm, you. I'm, I'm also I, not the biggest Jermaine Johnson guy either. Oh, well, so. we'll talk about edge rushers. To me, yeah. we'll we'll talk about that next week. But yeah. no, Jermaine Johnson, forget him. He, he won't be there. But like a Karloftis or like a. 
Boy, Mafe. Or I do, I do like Mafe. Uh, a, maybe a like an edge rusher like that. I mean, if you're really to, well, I don't want to spoil my rankings, but, um, and then their safety. And then I would probably say offensive tackle, but they might just take Traylon Burks because they're like, oh, he's there, you know, like they did with CD. Jesus, the door just slams behind me. Oh my God, it's getting dark out. Anywho, um, sorry, there's just a thunderstorm barreling down and the wind is picking up. So there we go. We, we need to finish this up before the power goes out and we just lose everything. That would be fucking terrible. Um, so the three names that I have heard with Dallas linked the most. Number one, Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Number two, Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. And number three, you're going to like this one, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Those are the three names that I have heard that have been most linked. I've also been told, don't be surprised if the Cowboys do go corner because I think their deficiencies at the corner position outside of Trayvon Diggs, who has his own deficiencies on his, in his own right, were definitely exposed, especially with the play of Anthony Brown and at times Jordan Lewis a year ago. They, they need a lockdown number two corner to be opposite of the playmaker that is Traylon Burks. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get mention of a, if McDuffie gets to the spot, maybe McDuffie is, is the guy here. Uh, I've heard the Cowboys are smitten about Booth, but I don't know if he's necessarily a fit for a Dan Quinn defense. So I, I, I just been told monitor, monitor corner and linebacker, I mean, we hell, we all know that, that that Dallas just loves drafting linebacker. We've seen them do it time and time and time again. So if they fall in love with Nicobe Dean and they want to take him here, hey, why not? I don't like that fit at all. Neither do I. I, I don't Neither like do that I. Fit. I'm going to be completely honest, but we've seen Dallas do crazier things before, namely when they took Travis Frederick in the first round when I had a fourth round grade on the man. And was worked getting out. ready to blow a gasket. Oh, and it worked out. Oh, it worked out quite well. Or you know, the one the one pick Dallas has made in the past couple of years that really makes my head explode still to this day is Taco Charlton. What the hell were they like? Especially when the guy who went three picks later was a guy by the name of TJ fucking Watt. Yep. Who was linked to the Cowboys all throughout the draft process. And I was slamming the goddamn desk. Take TJ Watt. Don't be stupid. They wouldn't Jer- have this problem with linebacker if they just took TJ Watt instead of taking the guy that could be marketable because you're in Texas and his first name is fucking Taco. Like Jerry. Jerry knows all. Uh, Jerry, you're supposed to be a football guy, not a businessman. I mean, hey, congratulations to Taco because he made an absolute shit ton off of, off of those uh, commercial deals that he probably had as sponsorship deals for the taco shops that are in DFW. And I can confirm he was on with a lot of them. So Jerry knew what he was doing for the local economy and for the uh, wallet of his player. But my God, was that a disaster? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think Burks is very CD lamish to me. Very interesting. Feel. Very interesting that you think he's C.D. Lamish. Not like comparable in players, but like they're like, oh, my God, this guy's still there. Fascinating. Fascinating. Oh, oh okay. So I'll wrap this up with you before uh, before we sign on and get on out of here. 
Um, I just got a text from someone with um, with the Falcons, and they have just said to me that the Falcons are looking at Garrett Wilson at number eight. I mean, make they. I'm they, not. Do we surprised. know any of their pass? Do we know any of their pass catchers that they currently have? I, I, I don't. Outside of Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson, I think the next yeah, best two, yeah. is. I think the next best is Olamide Zacchaeus. Yeah. Okay. So this isn't much of a surprise. No, no, and not a surprise to me at all. But Garrett, interesting, interesting. Good news for you, Jake. Your dream of Jamison Williams is alive because the Falcons aren't looking at him. At least we don't think so. And now in my mock before we wrap that, do you yeah. want trades in it? Nah, I feel like trades are like a little annoying. They're a little annoying, but if you wanted to do trades, no. I'm not going to stop you. I don't do annoying. Uh, I am. To it. I am very liberal. Very, very liberal. I am. I'm going to do the mock based off of what I am hearing, what I'm reading, what I okay. think rather than, okay, if I were running things, this is what I would do. Right, I'm I'm gonna do it based off. That. I'm excited to do it for the people. Yeah, I'm I'm excited I'm excited to hear it, and we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a lot to uh, to talk about you and I. And if that's a longer show, I don't give a shit. We'll we'll do it as long as it takes. I don't care. Um, so a little schedule update for uh, for everybody. You're going to get three shows next week. Wow, you're going to get one Monday night where Jake and I will be talking about the edge rushers and the interior defensive linemen. Then on Wednesday, you're going to be getting the cornerback show. And then on Friday, you're going to be getting the safeties, which all culminates with Jake's mock draft, which you will be hearing the following Tuesday. And then Adam and I will be doing our mock draft on the Basement Talk podcast on Thursday. So you'll be hearing that podcast Thursday morning. We'll be recording that Wednesday night. So just a little schedule update for you oh and of course the most important thing is and jake if you want to come on this you are more than welcome right after the first round is done we are going to be doing a podcast so if you want to come on for it you are more than welcome how about like a little like call-in where i'm like hey guys this is what i think and then be like okay i'm out you know like kind of like do that we'll we'll work something out no we could we could definitely do that we could just do we could pre-record your bit and then once we record your bit we could work you into it. I'm, I'm good with that. I, I believe yeah. me, I'm a rated professional. I've done this a time or two. Yeah, I, I think so. I'll be on vacation during the draft. So, oh, yeah. joy, yeah. joy. Yeah, no. I, I am. When do you, when do you leave? Uh, I think the night before. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you're gonna be, uh, you're gonna be vacationing it up, and you're just gonna be on your phone watching the draft. Oh no, it, it it's to Atlantic City, so I'll be sitting in the oh, sports book oh, watching oh, it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. All right. You, you don't yeah. need to say anything more. I yeah. already know. And <laughs> like, so yeah. do the people listening at home. So for Jake, I am Bird. Thank you so much for listening to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. And we'll catch you on the next one. Love you guys. Bye-bye.